Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Castles for me bring the past to life in a more evocative and powerful way than any historical record can. Indeed, there's something similar about all historic buildings. When you stand in a physical space where the past played out, it gives you an insight into history in a way no words ever could. A good analogy is the sound of the ocean. If someone describes it to you, you do get a sense of what it's like. But when you hear this sound, far more powerful images flood into your mind. In the hope of gaining similarly evocative senses of the past, today I'm going to record a podcast in a 500-year-old castle to get insights into day-to-day life in the past. So over the course of this show, we'll launch an assault on this castle to see how its defences work. We'll look at what it was like to be a servant in the castle, and we'll see how luxurious, or otherwise, castle living really was, Because despite what we often imagine, these buildings weren't necessarily the most ideal place to live. If you're not familiar with the show, my name is Finn Dwyer and this is the Irish History Podcast. Over the last few weeks, after a spell of writer's block, I've taken a break from my ongoing series on the Irish War of Independence. Now this show will be a bit different from the episodes in that series. But without further delay, I'm going to drive out to Clara Castle and I'll pick up the story there. If you want to know more about this period in Irish history, you should check out my book, Life in Medieval Ireland. There's signed copies still available in the shop at irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop. Finally, if you're a show patron listening to this episode, there's a new video up on Patreon telling you all about new features being rolled out in the next few weeks. It's pinned to the top of the page and it's really worth checking out. It explains exciting new content and changes coming down the line. Okay, with all that said, I'm heading off to Clara Castle and I'll talk to you when I arrive there. 
So I've arrived at Carrow Castle, folks, and before I head in and start to talk about what it was like to live in the building, I'm just going to describe it to you now so you've got a picture of it in your mind's eye as you listen to the show. And I'll tell you a little bit about the history of the building as well. Then the first thing we're going to do is launch an attack on the castle to see what its defences are like. Then we're going to talk about day-to-day -day life inside. So Clara Castle is what's called a tower house in Ireland. It's a bit different from the stereotypical castle you might have in your mind's eye, say places like Kilkenny Castle or Dublin Castle. It's a much more modest building than that. As the name tower house suggests, it's a rectangular tower. That's all the castle consists of. It's five or six floors in height. You move up through the castle through a single spiral stone staircase in one of the corners. That has a huge impact on what life was like in the castle. I'll talk about that later on. In terms of its purpose, it was the home of the Shortall family who built it. But because it was built during a very volatile time in Irish history, in the probably the 16th century, um, defence is the major consideration given to everything in the castle. And that has a huge impact in what it was like to live in. Because once you focus on defence, Things like comfort have to take a, sec uh, a back seat. So we'll be talking a lot about that. In terms of the defences though, it has what, what, what's key to the castle I suppose is that it has one entrance uh, through a, a doorway. I'm going to talk about that. And then that is protected by a wall that's about 10, 12 feet in height that just protects the doorway. It doesn't go all the way around the castle. And we'll talk about that when we uh, launch our assault on the castle. In terms of the history of the building, we don't know exactly when it was built. So these types of these this type of castle, a tower house, are generally considered to date between about the year fourteen hundred and the year sixteen hundred. Certainly after the year 1429, they began to appear in increasing numbers. That's because the king at the time, Henry VI, offered a grant of ten pounds to build uh, castles like this across the east of Ireland. Clara, it's thought, probably dates much later to maybe the late 16th century, but we're not certain because tower houses are just notoriously difficult to date. Um, as I said, its main purpose or function was as a domestic residence for the Shortall family, but also defence because it was built during a, a period of instability in Ireland was uh, probably the primary consideration when it was designed. However, this wasn't the type of castle where you'd find a major siege. It doesn't have great strategic value in the wider landscape, but also because it's so small, uh, an attacking army is more likely to bypass somewhere like Clara and head for Kilkenny Castle, a much more important strategic, um, a, a much more important place in the landscape if you, if you consider the wider region strategically. So its defences are, I suppose, what we might call modest. It consists of a singular tower and this, whatever, 10, 12 foot wall that protects the entrance. And that's there more to fend off, say, an attack from a rival family. This is a period of instability where feuds and rivalries between major families are very common. So you could face an attack, say, of 30, 40, 50 people. So that wall is more designed to fend off that type of attack. And you know what? I think the best thing we can do is actually test out these defences and then we'll move on to talk about what life was like inside. So I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to approach the castle as if I was a defender. I'll describe a little bit about what the defences are as you'd approach the building as we do that. So now I'm out of the car and I'm standing directly in front of the castle. So it kind of towers up above me. But if you were an attacker, obviously the first thing you want to do is get to the entrance 
of the castle. Uh, there's only one door, so you need to get to that. And that's protected by this wall that I mentioned earlier. So if you, back say around the year 1600, you're trying to attack Clare Castle for whatever reason, you start to move up towards uh, the defensive wall that protects the main entrance into the castle. There's an arch through that. You're obviously going to have to go through that. And as you're approaching that, the sound you're most likely to hear is this. And so what that is, is obviously gunfire. Now you can't see it, but as you approach the wall of the castle, obviously you can't see it, but no one can. As you approach the wall of the castle, there's about five holes in this wall that you can't really see as you approach it. They're quite low down. And what they are is gun loops. And I'm just going to step through. So if you'd gotten inside this defensive wall, now I'm right up beside the tower itself, inside the defensive wall, you can see these gun, what are essentially gun loops and there's space cut into the wall for people to fire out. Now, if you approach the castle though, you get through the outer wall and you're faced, now I'm just closing the gate behind you, you're faced with the tower itself. Now, there's a big heavy oak door uh, through that is the main, through the main entrance uh, into the castle. You have to get into that. There's several, however, defensive features in this castle. First of all, directly above the door, you have um, what's called, I suppose, an arrow loop that allows someone to fire down uh, and anyone approaching the door. And then if you, I'm moving right up to the door itself. This is the door and Obviously, anyone attempting to break into the castle would have to go through this uh, door. If you look up, which I'm doing now, 65 feet above you, at the very top of the, the castle, is what's called immaculation. And this is a stone feature that hangs out over the wall, directly above the door, really high up above it. But that was designed so defenders could lean out over the wall, drop down, say, stones or something like that. But they're also protected so people attacking can't fire up at them. They can drop it down on someone potentially attacking the castle. Now, we're going to progress with our attack. So I, the, this door in front of me is a modern oak door, but it does give you some sense of the heavy door that would have, would have originally been here. I was talking to the farmer who has the key for the castle and he was telling me he can actually remember the original door. It's not long gone. But anyway, we're going to break through this. Now, you can probably hear it. You have to put your shoulder just to open this. But if somehow you manage to break through this, come into what would have been at the time that I'm standing inside the what you would call the for want of a better word the reception area of the castle but you get a, a, a pretty spectacular reception in here so when you walk inside it's a pretty cramped space you're faced with an arch on e, on the three sides it's a square room there's an arch to the right an arch straight ahead and an arch to the left the one to the left leads to the spiral staircase that would allow you to move up through the castle. The arch dead ahead leads to the main room on the ground floor. And then there's a small, I suppose, antechamber into the right. If you had come in here, say around the year 1600, each one of these arches would have been blocked by a door. And you find yourself in this, as I say, tight reception area. But what was, you can't see it today, uh, because the floor above is gone, but essentially what would have been in the roof above you 
were murder holes. And that would have been a trapdoor of some kind that as you pile in as an attacker into this space, all the doors around you are blocked off. You need to get out of here. The trapdoor above would open up and the defenders of Carra Castle would be able to fire down on top of you. So as you came through the arch into the compound outside the door, there was gunshots. If you eventually, then when you try and break down the big heavy door, you could face uh, items being dropped down from the maculation at the top of the tower. And then once you break into this space, you'll find yourself in this very tight, difficult to maneuver uh, chamber or reception area. And then a trapdoor opens up from above and they start to attack from above. So that gives you a sense of a series of defenses in this castle. Now, I think once you, if you manage to get through this up, and obviously what you would be trying to do is move up through the castle, uh, that is where the defences are weakened. I think once you breach this point, you're really starting to progress with your attack. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to park the story of attacking the castle. I think we've attacked the castle, we've made our way in. And now what I'm going to talk about is what it was like to live in a building like this, because it's quite different than we might imagine. And to start that story, I'm going to move into the ground floor, the main room on the ground floor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've moved into the main room on the ground floor in Clara Castle. And immediately, when you stand in this room, you are struck by the fact that life in a castle is very different to life in a modern house. I mentioned outside that this was built by the Shorthall family and essentially the castle did serve as a residence for them, but they lived in this building completely differently and they used it completely differently to the way that we'd use a modern house. So if you, in a modern house, the ground floor is where we tend to spend a lot of time. The kitchen is usually on the ground floor. There'll be a living room of some kind, usually on the ground floor. And then it's really only at night, maybe that people go upstairs. That's where we tend to sleep. In a castle, the opposite was the case. And you really see that when you step inside this room on the ground floor. Because defense is key to the way a castle is built, First of all, the windows on this floor are tiny. They're what are called arrow loops. They're about two inches wide, a foot and a half long, and they only uh, allow narrow shafts of light into the room. So it's quite dark. 
first of all. Secondly, you don't want to be in this room if you're afraid of attack. We've just come uh, through the main door and into this room, through that uh, reception area that I talked about. You don't want to be here, so they tend to live on the upper floors. Also, it probably would have been quite damp in here. So it's a damp, dark space. This probably would have been a storage area. To find out where the family lived, uh, we're going to have to move up through the floors. And what I'm going to do is go up to the second floor. I'm moving up through the spiral stone staircase. I'm going to talk about that uh, in a minute, but I think it's actually up on the uh, second floor, which I'm just entering now, is where you start to get a sense of uh, where a family, the Shorthall family, may have spent more of their time. Up here, the room up here is so different than the room on the ground floor. There's only two windows here, but one of them is a really broad window. Because we're two floors up, um, the, defense, the defensive considerations for the castle are far less than they would be on the ground floor. An attacker would have to, I'm looking out the window, it's, I don't know, 20 feet, 30 feet up off the ground. So they can have this broad window that allows light in. It's a much more uh, what's, uh, airy room, I suppose. There's also a beautiful big uh, stone fireplace built into the wall of the, this room. It's beautiful stonework on this. You can imagine if there was a roaring uh, fireplace, or sorry, a roaring fire going in this, that this room could be quite comfortable. It's hard, it, sometimes it can be hard to imagine when you're in a castle today because you know the, there's no plaster work or a lot of the plaster work is gone, so it looks very oh, uncomfortable, but you can start to imagine being in here what it would have looked like if the walls were plastered, uh, you've got a big roaring fire going in, in a castle like this, uh, this room. Because, and you know, it, 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 you can imagine it being cosy, I suppose. Interestingly, in this room, there's two passageways that penetrate the walls of the castle from here. And they're interesting features because they talk, they give us a good sense of what life was like in the castle. So one, goes away to the left of the major window that I talked about that leads into this little chamber in here. This largely seems to have been constructed with defence in mind because there's an arrow loop on the very corner of the castle and that's covering what would probably have been a blind spot in the walls. It's actually worth bearing that in mind in a castle. There's lots of blind spots because it's a square or rectangular building. Uh, from inside there's a lot of blind spots so they needed these um, features just to be able to see out a potential attacker. The more interesting passage though is on the far side and this is more about what life was like in a castle. So this one which I'm stepping into now and I'm walking down this passageway that runs through the wall of the castle. You know actually and it's quite interesting walking through this passageway. People often talk about castles or you know like in the medieval period uh, and the early modern period uh, about things archways being smaller like I'm pretty tall, but I can walk through the passageways and the doorways in Clara Castle with comfort. Like they're, it's 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 very spacious. But at the end of this passageway, I've come down to what is a trough at the end, a stone trough, and under the stone trough is a chute, and that chute runs all the way down to ground level, and this is what's called a garderobe or a toilet in a castle. Now, compared to a modern toilet. These things would have been pretty uncomfortable. Uh, it would have been freezing in winter because you're just essentially sitting on 
what they probably would have had a wooden board above the trough but like the cold air is going to be coming back up the chute in summer on a day like today it would have reeked in here i would imagine because the waste the human waste just goes down the chute into a uh uh, uh, a point at the end that could be accessed from the outside and it could be shoveled out every so often but you can imagine the smell coming back up the chute it wouldn't have been pleasant that said uh, given that very few people other than the very wealthy would have had indoor toilets at the time uh, this would have been a luxury of sorts in a castle interestingly it wasn't a feature here but in some castles at the time and some toilets you see them uh, where there would be space for several people to sit down beside each other just shows how ideas of privacy have changed so much that uh, yeah it's not something you'd find in a modern house now i'm going to continue on just talking about day-to-day -day life in the castle i'm going to move right up to the top floor uh, because i think that's where the short hall family would have spent most of their time and that involves continuing up this spiral staircase again I'm passing the third story here there's a secret chamber in there that I'm going to talk about at the top floor um, and we come up to the top floor here and this is actually the biggest room in the castle uh, it's got four windows in it most of them only have three this one has four windows it's pretty bright there's another stone staircase or stone fireplace here again you get the sense that this room once upon a time could have been very comfortable it's gone now but there would have been uh, today when you look up you see the rafters of the roof of the castle but back when during its heyday there would have been a, um, an, a loft uh, and a mezzanine floor I suppose that would have made this room much more cosy and completely uh, the opposite way to modern houses it's probably this room up here at the very top of the castle where the Shortall family would have spent most of their time there's lots of reasons for that one defense your furthest or your farthest up from the door so it's obviously the most secure room secondly it is the brightest room you can afford to have these windows up here you also have great advantage, advantage over the landscape also in terms of the power and prestige of the Shortall family they would want to be spending time up here so they aren't kings or queens or anything like that they're a regional power they're important in East Kilkenny or even more localized than that but if they are you know having an audience or for want of a better term with you know a local tenant someone something like that if that person comes to Clara Castle they have to ascend through several stories up that spiral staircase that I've come up and that uh, would have you know there's a, a sense of um, not, uh, expectation I don't know is that the word as they moved up that they're about to meet someone important and when they come in here you know they see these incredible views um, across the landscape that you wouldn't see from the ground level and there's no building like this in the landscape so it heightens the um, prestige I suppose of the uh, Shortall family up here as well there is I suppose a dark and sinister feature in the castle as well and if coming up the stairs heightened the, heightens the prestige of the family up here you also see the threat of the family because from this room at the very top of the castle there are two three um, archways 
One leads to the spiral staircase I came up. A second leads up onto the battlements at the top of the castle. And then a third appears to lead into, I suppose, what looks like an almost a cupboard. And if you glance at it, you might think that was another garderobe because there's a hole in the floor that seems to lead downwards. That hole actually leads into a secret chamber built into the floor beneath this one. And what it seems to me to be is that is a cell, a prison cell in the castle. There's no other reason why you would build a room like this. It'd be very difficult to access this. The only way you could get in there is to be lured in through a rope. The only way you could get out is to have a rope passed down or a ladder passed down. And you'd have to imagine that's why this was built. It's a cell high up in the castle wall where if you uh, transgressed against the Shortall family, that's where you could end up. And I have to say, for any fans of uh, Game of Thrones, it has a very uh, Ramsay Bolton feel about it. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, it's a particularly nasty character in that uh, would be uh, the type of figure that you'd associate with that cell. But it, it is a, 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 I think that idea of someone for one reason or another coming up to meet the Shorthall family up here, they ascend through all the, the spiral staircase, they come in, there's prestige, you can look across the landscape, but there's also the threat of that very bleak cell uh, just in this room as well. It kind of symbolizes the power of the Shorthall family up here. Now, amazingly, this castle was actually lived in until the year 1905, when in the 19, because we know this, in the 1901 census, there was a census return for, filled in for this castle. And there was a priest, actually, the local curate was living here, uh, a Father Frayne, and there was two other people, a I suppose a, a, there was a, a cook, a, a woman in her 50s, I think, and then there was a young servant boy, a guy in the, about, who was about 14. But they still lived in that castle. And what we're actually going to do now in the last part of the show is talk about what it was like to be a servant in this castle. Because throughout its history, it's obviously associated with uh, the rich and powerful, the Shorthall family, and I suppose then the parish priest later on was a powerful figure in the local community. But through all that history, there's also the story of the people who worked in this castle. And that, in ways, is the most interesting part about the people who lived uh, in this building. I've come back downstairs and I'm standing in that dark room on the ground floor. And now I just want to talk about what it was like for the people who worked in this castle. Because for servants, their experience of this building would have been so different than the experience of the Shorthall family or the parish priest later on. And one feature in the castle that I think articulates this so well is actually that spiral stone staircase uh, that I've mentioned a couple of times so far. Now, a spiral staircase in a castle is, I think, in many ways, one of the real quintessential features. They're beautiful to look at. There's great craftsmanship. If you're not familiar with them, they're like any spiral staircase in a way that they're, the steps are narrow on the inside and broad on the outside and they wind their way up through the castle. They're a beautiful feature today and you, know, you can really appreciate the craftsmanship involved in them. However, in a castle like this, there was no running water, say, at the very anywhere in the castle. So at, everything that has to go to the top floor, where the family spent most of their time, is has to be carried up that staircase. Now, to try and find out what that's like, I bought 
10 litres of water just to carry up the staircase to see what it's like. Uh, 10 litres of water is about 10 kilos in weight. I'm just picking it up here now. And this would have been, you know, you can imagine how many times a day would someone working in this castle have to bring this up. So I'm starting off now and I'm just making my way up to the castle and I'm on the first floor and you carry this up and already definitely you can feel it in your legs when you're carrying something. Ten, uh, ten, ten litres, as I say, ten kilos. But you can, you can only imagine how many times someone has to do this uh, several times a day. Actually, as I make my way up, there's also a dizziness that kind of sets in because you're obviously moving in a circular direction all the time. Also, these stone stairs, while they may seem beautiful to us today, they're actually quite hard to get your grip because on the inside, your foot doesn't have that much space to step while you do have space on the outside. So I'm up on the top floor again. I don't know how long that's taken, but carrying something up definitely, uh, you feel it and 10 kilos is not a lot. If you think all water has to be carried up here, all food would have to be carried up here, presumably prepared maybe on a lower level and carried up here. If you meet someone on the stairs, there's not space for two people to pass each other. Uh, just that feature alone, the fact that everything has to be carried up by human hand would really make life in the castle difficult. Also, a stone staircase is, uh, it's really unforgiving on your legs. You know, like a wooden staircase is a bit of given it. Obviously with a stone staircase, there's none. Another feature that I just want to look at which is quite different uh, for the different groups of people that lived in the castle, is back to that garderobe or the toilet. While it would have been a feature of great luxury in the castle, that wouldn't necessarily have been the case for the servants who worked here. So I'm just carrying that 10 kilos back down and I'm feeling it, but I'm going back into the garderobe now. So I'm back in here at the garderobe, which would have served as a toilet in the castle. And for the Shortall family, as I say, this would have been luxury. They wouldn't have had to leave the building when they wanted to go to the toilet. You know, through most of history, humans just went outside when they needed to do that. However, for the servants who worked here, every so often, the bottom of the chute, human waste would build up down there and that would have to be shoveled out and I suppose it would have been used as manure, I'm guessing. But anyway, that would have to be shoveled out. So every so often, your job, if you were a servant here, would be to go down and shovel through human waste. So I'm sure their association with the garderobe would have been very, very different. Also, one last thing in terms of their experience of the castle. I talked earlier about how the Shorthall family I'm on that second level, that bright room I would have talked about with the fireplace. You can imagine this being cosy. Off each room, there's a much smaller, I suppose what you could call antechamber. And these must have been, I'm guessing, where the servants slept um, and where food was prepared. But in these rooms, I'm standing in one of them now, they're much tighter, they're much more, I don't know, it's claustrophobic, the word but certainly none of these feel spacious. 
they're also probably much darker because none of these have broad windows they only have those little arrow loops so i think hopefully what i'm getting across here is that two groups of people could live and inhabit this castle but experience it in very very different ways so i'm going to leave this show here but i guess in reflection like having spent the last whatever half an hour in here at this stage and i've been here a bit over the last couple of weeks trying to prepare this show part of me wonders was it actually more comfortable for people who lived in cabins on the ground floor even though there's these big stone fireplaces i wonder how difficult it was to heat this building you know when you're three four or five floors up they didn't have or they may not have had glass in this building and if they did it would have been single panes of glass you can just imagine the wind you know on a stormy night whipping through this these big stone fire, uh, fireplaces they look beautiful but i can imagine they suck the heat out of the building in a cabin they might have been much smaller but part of me wonders would that have been more comfortable in ways you didn't have to come up and down that stone staircase that must have been very difficult as people grew older or people were injured if, if you were had an injury that would have been extremely extremely difficult so yeah i think castle living it's probably not what we thought it was it certainly symbolizes the power and prestige of a family it didn't always mean comfort though thanks for tuning into this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you want to find out more about day-to-day -day life in the late medieval period don't forget to check out my book life in medieval ireland there's signed copies available in the shop at irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop that's irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop lastly there won't be an episode out next week it's the week off where i catch up at writing and i have a lot of writing to do so until next time sloan deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.